0: We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, the gathering grounds of many diverse First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples whose footsteps have marked this land and whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant community. Hello and welcome back to Research Recasted, the Knowledge Mobilization Podcast. I'm Brooklyn LaStishan and I'm here with Natalie Smattis. Hello everyone. In today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Emily Milne, Caitlin Toll, and Stephen Campbell. Dr. Emily Milne is an assistant professor in the Department of Sociology and the Board of Governors Research Chair at McEwen University. She is a community-engaged researcher who has used theory and research methods to address and inform priority areas in teaching, training, and public policy, and co-create solutions to social issues with community partners. Dr. Caitlin Tolm serves as an assistant professor in the chemistry department at McEwen University. Her academic pursuits revolve around chemical education, delving into the comprehension and learning process of university-level chemistry students. She joined Dr. Milne in the fall of 2022 when they worked together to establish the McEwen Children's and Youth University, McEwen CYU. With this pilot program, she hoped to reimagine the ways that STEM outreach programs are designed and delivered working to meet the needs of community partners more effectively. Stephen Campbell is a junior high teacher at Ben Robe for the last 15 years. He specializes in math. He has extensive experience supporting Indigenous students as well as Indigenous-focused educational directives and creating and implementing Indigenous education initiatives. Thank you for being here today, you guys. I'm very excited to talk about your project and um, get to know you guys a little bit better. Can you just start with telling us a little bit about how this research project came to be? Thanks for having us. We appreciate
1: the invite to talk about this project. It was a really fun project to be part of.
2: Thank you. Yeah, um, I guess I can talk a little bit about uh, how things got started. So I'm trying to think how many years ago, Stephen, it was. Four years ago. Was it four years ago? Maybe five. Um, Maybe even longer. Yeah, five years. So, uh, you know, even farther back, I just started volunteering in schools and I just wanted to find a way to contribute in a meaningful way in the community. So my space is that I'm involved in education. I, I do fundamentally believe in education, but I believe that it can be better and I want to be part of making it better. And so all my projects are related to that. And everything I do is community engaged. Um, so with community partners, so listening, learning and creating projects together in partnership. And so I was volunteering in schools, trying to find out how I could contribute positively. So building those relationships, just spending time. And I met Stephen's dad at a local school and he was saying, you know, you should meet my son. He's amazing. And you need to come to the school that he's working at. It's such a beautiful school. And that was Ben Kafferob. So I did, I, you know, um, Stephen's dad connected me to Stephen and he was right. Stephen is such an amazing person. Um, He is so good with those students, those kids. He cares so much about the students that he works with in the school. Like it's, it's. amazing to be part of such a positive place. Um, And so I came to Ben Cafrobe and I volunteered there for a year. So I think it was like every Thursday morning or whatever it was, and just started building relationships with the school community, the students, the school staff, and especially Stephen. And so over time, we kind of talked about, you know, what a project could look like in partnership. And so eventually I was kind of asked, you know, maybe you could do something like this, something like this. Started talking to the parent um, teacher association, um, listening to the kids, what was important to them and And how I could find some way to contribute positively and that's how we started with a a photo voice class option that I co-taught with Stephen uh, for I don't know three years or something on Thursday mornings so we would work with the kids um, on different projects related to what was important to them about their school building because it was going to be torn down and they were getting a brand new school um, and their families had gone to that school for generations Um, and then it you know morphed over time Uh, we kept going and then it kind of changed slightly every year so the focus of the project Uh, And so it ended up being what was important to you about your education. And then it was interrupted by COVID. uh, And what's really important about photo voice projects is that you have some kind of knowledge dissemination event at the end. Um, Because if you were to think about academic publishing, for example, or, you know, people in academia, how we share knowledge, it's usually through academic publications, conferences, but not everybody has access to those things. Um, And that's what I loved about photo voice. It was a a different way to share knowledge and learning Um, through a photo voice. Exhibit to really showcase the students, um, you know, what they saw, what was important to them, and really have an opportunity to amplify their voices and be heard. And it was actually quite devastating because we planned the event um, for several years in a row and it kept getting canceled because of COVID. Um, And it was You know, it literally broke my heart the one year um, we had planned to actually rent out Allard Hall. We had all these things planned. The Thursday we had everything ready. Like the kids believed in the project. We had everything ready to go. Everything was printed. And it was that Thursday. I So I'll see you next week, next Thursday for our big exhibit. And they
3: shut us down on Monday.
2: Yeah, Aww. and I didn't see them again uh, for quite a while. And it was devastating for me. Like, I like I kept telling the kids, like, I, I need to come back. I feel like my heart's been broken. I can't. Like, I, I needed to see it through. Um, it was really, really important for me. That's, I think, one of the worst things you can do is, you know, say we're going to do these things we shared. We walked through the space. We planned everything out. Everything was ready to go. And then I just didn't see them uh, for a good period of time. And it was really upsetting. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to say anything. Um, and so we came back and started the project again, but just slightly changing it every year. And so, again, there's only so many times you can tweak something, you know, without being able to have that big event at the end, because every year we weren't able to do it. And I was really fortunate to meet Caitlin. I just feel like I'm I'm so lucky to have met Caitlin and to work with Caitlin. And, you know, this project that we're here talking about today did start with Stephen and I talking the year before about, okay, what are we going to do next year? We still haven't finished this project. What could we do next year? And this idea of a Children Youth University program, I know a colleague from... Master University who has done a similar um, initiative there for about 12 years or so and uh, you know he was saying you should try one at McEwen and I thought yeah we could try one at McEwen and Stephen and I talked a lot about that and what it could look like and so again the project shifted to talk about key questions around like post-secondary being a welcoming place how do we break down barriers so students feel welcome here they feel like they could go here they see themselves here and so starting those conversations I was so fortunate to meet Caitlin. Caitlin came in at that time and we we were able to kind of reimagine what this program could look like. So we worked together all year. Uh, we together went Thursday mornings to Ben Caffroben and, and did uh, this project together, which was beautiful. And then we were able to have the big celebration of learning at the end of the year, and finally have that knowledge dissemination event, the big exhibit at the end of the year. So it was a it was a big deal because it was like five years coming, uh, but also it was able to involve Caitlin, who took it to a whole other level of awesome. Uh, you know, bringing in all of her background. An experience. And so I guess looking back, there was many times where I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to finish or or how it would go. But, you know, looking back, everything kind of fell into place the way that it should. And I think that that's because of the wonderful people that I've been able to work with. Mm-hmm.
3: Aww.
0: <laughs> it's a very, very exciting project. What did it kind of look like at the school with the students?
3: It looked different every week, which was amazing. Um, we kept them engaged as best we possibly could by providing them with as many varied but academically based activities as we could. Um, The biggest issues that we have with Indigenous education to this date are um, lack of attendance, lack of high school completion, lack of post-secondary involvement. And that was the basis of why we started this program to begin with. We wanted to increase attendance. We wanted to promote high school graduation and post-secondary entrance for Indigenous kids and... We did pretty well. If you look at our attendance records from the Thursdays when we usually had our options, I think our class had more students in it than all of the other ones put together. Uh, they looked forward to coming to McHugh and they look forward to you ladies coming to Bencafro, to the activities and the experiments. It was my favorite day of the week, I'll be honest. And we were able to achieve learning objectives at the same time, which is, you know, everything that we want to do and more. When Caitlin came on, it just kind of, turn the volume notch up to bigger than 10 it was amazing we had never even imagined coming to Grant McEwen doing experiments allowing kids into the simulation labs like I was blown away and the kids were pretty excited to be here too
1: they make me sound like some magical person but <laughs> to be honest um without them like In sciences, we sometimes struggle a lot. We have a lot of STEM outreach programming, but it never reaches the people that we want it to reach and the people that can benefit most from it. Often there's like costs associated with it or they're on university campuses, which aren't really accessible to lots of families. There's always just lots of issues trying to get the STEM outreach programs to the people that we really want to get outreach to. And for some reason, the hard chemists scientists haven't really ever figured out oh like if we're having a hard time reaching these kids that we want to reach maybe we need to reach out and work with someone in sociology that is like very very experienced in the education system and so we always talk about how it was kind of a meeting of the fates that Emily and I met but we got connected through a couple different people and and when we got connected we just worked really well together and yeah I think that some of the things that we did were just meant to like bring kids back to the fundamentals of science of like what does it mean to have a question and explore that question through experimentation and and just trying to make those experiments as fun as possible so that they are just learning through play almost yeah
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can jump onto that and just say I've been working with education for a long time and I find that often it's, you know, different places I'm in. I, I can hear people talk about um, sometimes struggles that kids are having and reasons why they may not want to come. And I think that, you know, sometimes those conversations can sometimes be a bit negative, right? And, and sometimes blaming someone else or, you know, broader things that are kind of out of the school's control. And um, I think what's beautiful about the work that we've been doing together is how can we make school the most positive, welcoming, amazing place that kids want to come and learn Mm -hmm. because if we can make it where you want to come, and you're so excited to come and you feel welcome and you feel belonging and you feel all those things, you feel excited, right? Um, like that's what we were aiming for. And you know, I think whenever you try a pilot, which is what it was this year, you know, there's things that you can look back and say, oh, maybe we could have done things differently this way or that way. And so it's part of a, a learning journey for us as well. But but I just love that idea. Like, what can we do with education and schooling? Same as post secondary. What can we do, right? Not everybody sees post secondary as something that they could do, right? Like even looking at some of the comments from students, like at the beginning. beginning. Beginning when we started working with them, it was you know what is university? I've never gone there. I've never thought about going there. Um, My family hasn't gone there. I don't know that I'm I belong there. Those kind of conversations and and just you know introducing these kinds of ideas, bringing them here. And at the end of the the work that we did with students, talking with them and hearing them say that McEwen's familiar. They like coming. They had a great time seeing their smiling faces. um, You know, to me that was really important and significant because they saw themselves here. They felt. Welcome here. They felt belonging here. They felt it was a familiar place for them. And so I just feel like there's things outside our control with education, but what can we do to make post secondary, to make, you know, junior high math classes or any of the classes we have, like how do we make it such a positive place where kids want to come and learn? And so that's what we did. We had fun things, like one of the things I was thinking about, we had this ublek pool, which I don't know if it's been done within such a huge child's pool, you know, before, but we think about the activities we did. They were so much fun. Um, and I I don't know if it, K- Caitlin can explain what that is because I'm not a chemist. I hang out with a chemist now, but it doesn't mean I understand uh, the bottom lines of, of chemistry. But we had like this U-Black pool. We had things on all the tables. Um, and we had my kids' pool that we brought in and filled it. And we thought it was going to be a big disaster.
3: A plastic kiddie pool. Yeah. <laughs> How many? 50 pounds of goop. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 So
1: I ended up having to buy 200 pounds of cornstarch. And like the story of even just trying to track down that much cornstarch is like one for the books. But um, yeah, we tracked down 200 pounds of cornstarch. And then I actually sent a couple of my independent research students to set it up. And I said, just keep adding water until it gets to the right consistency. And most people who have done science outreach will know what oobleck is, but it's cornstarch and water. So it makes that non-Newtonian fluid that is hard when you put pressure on it, but then liquid when you um, don't have pressure on it. And so the kids were able to dance in it and stomp in it. And they actually left it for a whole week and, and then it started to grow mold and stink. And <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was actually kind of glad that we weren't there for the cleanup because I was Already dreading how we were gonna try and clean that thing up.
3: But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had fun doing it. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took a long time even to mix it, and all of us were panicking in the corner like we had hockey sticks. All of our <laughs> we like ruined all of our hands. All of our nails were just a disaster after that because we were just mixing with. We were all all the RAs, all of us. But were you'll just remember
3: like, that experience yeah. for the rest of like, your life, right?
2: Shoveling this stuff and trying to make it the consistency, and the kids were helping us. And at the end, we were covered from head to toe, all of us, with this white paste stuff. And at the end of the class, like the kids even were sitting around it they pulled up chairs and had their feet in it um and just were hanging out you know like with their (laughs) pants rolled up and they were reading and dropping stuff in there and seeing what would happen like and then bringing other classes of kids through to touch it and what's going to happen like it was neat that it kind of trickled out through the rest of the school as well but honestly so much laughter for so many activities like they were laughing they were having a good time but like secret learning you know what I mean like there's learning there but it was fun like they all got stuck in the pool that's awesome like they got goop all over themselves like we had a really good time, but it was also learning.
0: Yeah, that kind of makes me think of when I was in high school. Um, I'm kind of from a northern community in Saskatchewan, and we started in grade nine to 12. We started with a class of, I think, 350 students, and I graduated with 130. Once I came to university, I was thinking back on some of my teachers, and I remember them saying, like, they're not going to help you like this in university. They're not going to support you like this in university. And then I went to university, and I'm like, I never thought that I could do it once I got here, like supportive teachers and stuff. So I think the work you're doing and just letting these students, high school students know that like it's obtainable and you can do it is just like helping so many people. Cause I think like just letting them know that it's not really that hard to go to university. Yeah, you it's just not out need, of reach. Yeah, it's yeah. not out of reach. And just a little bit of support really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the ages of the students you were working with?
3: Uh, These were grades 7 to 9, so Mm. I'd say 12 to 14. 12 to 14? Yep. Yeah. And we had students from every single grade. That was Mm kind of neat. Usually with options, we usually stick to one certain grade. But with this one, I actually had the lovely pleasure of handpicking these students myself, to be honest. Since I taught math to all three grades, I was able to get to know certain students better than others, those that wanted to get to know me anyway. They don't really have a choice. But (laughs) um, in learning what made them tick... I was able to see who I thought would be most interested in this program. And so I approached them one-on-one and asked them if they wanted to be a part of it. And it was completely voluntary. If they didn't want to take part of it, they didn't have to. And I I remember at first we had 18 or 19 students registered in the option. And then after the second week of doing our experiments and stuff, I had four or five other kids that wanted to join us because they heard about what we were doing and how.
2: We even have random kids on the field trips. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a fun. Like one. in the DNA one. one, there's just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of kids yeah. that came. That weren't even in our class.
3: Right. <laughs> Aryan, wasn't it? Yeah, we brought, we brought a kid with us on a field trip that wasn't supposed to come with us, but he decided he wanted to join us anyway.
1: I think that's a good point, is that we had such a wide range of interests in that class, um, and we were able to find experiments and activities for that kind of appealed to everyone. So we had a garden center, and some kids, it wasn't their thing, but then other kids were so excited, and by the end of the semester, um, there was a couple groups that actually grew peas and were able to, like, try their own peas that they mm. had grown in their greenhouse. And, and we had, like, the DNA necklaces, but then we also made, like, homemade ice cream and like there's just mugs and so there's some artistic ones so the mugs they had color changing paint so when you take it out in the light the paint changes color um or when you put in hot or cold water it changes color based on the heat and so that was kind of fun to like kind of mix and match the different interests of the kids and really kind of play towards different kids strengths and weaknesses and, and things like that so that was fun
3: one of the most entertaining projects we did was the solar and wind power yeah, actually, competition. That was absolutely hilarious.
1: So I have to give a shout out to the company that actually runs that one, um, Relay Education. It's a free nonprofit organization here Amazing. in Alberta. And um, they let us borrow all of their stuff for an entire day. And um, the kids were able to build their own solar panels and, and connect them together to see how much energy they could uh, generate. And then they also had wind turbines, like mini wind turbines, but um, they got to build their own wind turbines and see how... How the different size of paddles affected how much energy they were able to generate, or and the
3: angles the paddles were at. Yeah, the angles,
1: and the kids were so engaged in that one. Like that one, I think was one of the the best ones that we did. Everybody was engaged. Everybody liked it. Everybody wanted to to see if they could get more power. And yeah,
0: that's that's super cool. Uh, was it all like science-based activities? For the most part,
1: like the ones that we did in the classroom were all um, STEM related, and that was just because that's where my area of focus mm. is in. Um, but when we did the activities here on campus, we actually tried to make it a little bit more interfaculty. And so we had people from nursing um, do a workshop with the kids, and then we had someone from APES do a workshop from kids, uh, Katie Bittner. She did anthropology yeah, I believe oh, okay yeah and so we wanted to get as many different activities as possible. I think that was a big learning experience for us this year is it's hard to know what everybody on campus is doing and so um, we'd love to do it again and, and have more people on campus participate and so if anyone wants to reach out to us uh, we'd love to get in touch and and see what kind of workshops you could offer um, to some of these kids So you're kind of planning on doing this every year going forward
3: as long as they'll let us yes.
1: So Emily and I actually, we have a class coming up in the winter 2023 semester. We realized the way that we set up this pilot program isn't sustainable in the long run. Um, It was taking us every Thursday, not to mention like all the prep to be in the classroom and things like that. And so our colleague out in McMaster, he had suggested, oh, if you turn it into a course, then you can teach undergrads how to deliver these types of workshops. And then they go out into the schools and do the workshops for you. And it kind of is like reciprocal learning so that we're teaching our undergrads how to to give workshops and then they're teaching the next generation um, and we're, we're kind of building that cycle of translating knowledge through different age groups and so this upcoming winter semester we have a course that's called Cossel 300 um, and we're hoping to get lots of students enrolled in that so that we can continue this project but in a slightly different format than last year. Is that a class that anyone can take
0: or is it a specific faculty?
1: Yeah. So it's a faculty of arts and science course, but it's open to anyone to take. So we do have some like reserve spots for arts and science. And then we have some open spots for other people in different faculties. But we would love to have as many different faculties represented in that course as possible and see what kind of different workshops we can come up with.
0: That's really nice. So any listeners, students, enroll in that class?
3: Come play with us. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of want to go back to the photo voice project. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that and kind of what some of the students did with
2: that? Sure. So Caitlin and I have been working on this project to establish the McEwen CYU program. So this McEwen Children and Youth University program and offering uh, meaningful learning opportunities for children and youth and Edmonton community. And so really we started this past academic year in 2022-23. Uh, in partnership with Ben Kafrobe. Um, So amazing school. We were able to work together and kind of envision and co-create the project together, which was really amazing. So working in partnership there. Um, and so this pilot program that we did this year was really we're trying to explore what's possible and what we could do. You know, really a first step in this longer journey because we really love to have this as a permanent fixture at McEwen. Um, the idea of just welcoming people, bringing people into McEwen, having more things on campus. If there isn't a lab happening with a class, maybe we could bring in, you know, kids from, other areas around the community like let's open our doors and invite people in in a good way like I just love that idea that idea of sparking interest in post-secondary learning and that you know that this isn't a scary intimidating place like looking at some of the kids responses people want to be chemists now and they want to come and they want to be nurses now and they want to come to McEwen and take these courses because they were in there doing it that's really amazing for us and that was really the focus of this like what are the barriers and how can we work towards addressing them so the students helped us answer those questions through their photo voice so photo Um, It's a really great method. Our research design and our processes were really incorporating, um, you know, engagement, meaningful collaboration, participation, respectful consultation with people from the school and even the kids about how we could do this work in a good way. Um, So uh, PhotoVoice is a research process. It's a method. So we did go through ethics. We jumped through all those hoops before we were able to go through it. We did it every year of the broader project, and we definitely did it this year. And so PhotoVoice is this community-based participatory research method um, that can foster trust Uh, cultural responsiveness, meaningful engagement in research processes, and really try to balance that power relationship in research. Um, And that's really important because we had questions. How do we make McEwen more accessible? How do we, you know, create more equitable learning opportunities? And the students helped us address that question. We looked to them. And so that was a big part of this. You know, they took the photos, you know, analyzing it together and organizing things by themes. We did everything with the kids and that was really important. And again, the broader work was all framed through this partnership with especially Stephen like it was definitely with the school division but Stephen is such an amazing person to work with and we've been working side by side for five or six years now like it's a really long time um, and so with uh, PhotoVoice this approach it uses photography to empower individuals to document reflect and share their perspectives and lived experiences um, and become actively involved in processes that affect them. And so um, individuals, they express their thoughts and feelings through pictures paired with titles and captions, um, and in this process, try to promote social change. And that is idea here, um, helping us understand how we can open our doors better and create more equitable learning opportunities. So they participated in many, many different uh, workshops. Uh, First, we, I guess, you know, in terms of the the steps of things, first, we met with the kids. There was consent forms and all these things that went home, Uh, you know, talking about the project, inviting people to participate if they were interested. And then uh, going through phases of asking students to learn about photography, talking about what photography is, gain experience with photography, talking about what's important for kids, about their education, and even about university. What are your goals for your education? And then we took students on these adventures and these learning opportunities, and they were able to document what was most meaningful for them about those experiences that we had. Uh, and then pairing, they picked their favorite photos that spoke to them the most in terms of, you know, what they like best about the program and how can we make McEwen more welcoming and then they wrote uh, captions and titles uh, and then we did this collaborative analysis process where we were able to identify overall themes and the work that they did was on display uh, so really really meaningful
3: it's a lot of work for you <laughs>
2: for all of us Yeah, <laughs> a lot of work but it was beautiful like I was crying like on June 2nd all the pictures Aww. of me with these smushy faces because I had a hard time keeping it in but it was uh, really emotional all the work and really worthwhile
0: Did you have some photos that stood out to you the most? I have two that
1: are kind of my favorite. So there's one picture where one student took a picture kind of walking up to McEwen. So they've got a nice picture of some of the front part of McEwen. And they titled it, The Walk to Education. And then their caption was, Education is hard, but you'll get through it. And so that was the whole purpose of the project, was to kind of give them hope that they will get through their whole education journey. So my other one was another student when we were in the nursing building. That nursing building is so... Nice, like it's beautiful. Um, and so they took a picture kind of looking down the hallway of the nursing building um, and they just said big opportunities and they were excited to do fun things that they've never done before. And that's something that I found actually really cool about bringing them to McEwen, not just going to their classroom, was um, sometimes when we think of university, we think of those like predescribed roles and and jobs that you have to go to university for. So you think doctor, nurse, you think all these things. Um, But I think one interesting thing was that some of the students were like, oh, I didn't know you could go to university for physics. Or, oh, I didn't know that you can um, do astronomy here at McEwen. And so, um, or biology, the biology one was great because they were like, oh, I didn't know this is what biology was. And so it was really fun to see and introduce them to um, all the different types of things that you can do at university.
2: Yeah, like I even have a few. I, and the, and it's interesting about kids. Like um, I find education often happens to kids rather than with them. I find kids are so insightful and they have so much to share when you ask them in a meaningful, genuine way. Like what's important to you and how can we make this better? And and what can we do to support you? Like the things that they say are so profound, I find. Um, and I have this one picture that I just pulled out. We have all the photos uh, kind of in front of us as we're looking through them. There's this one picture and it's a picture of a, of a hallway. It says closing in is the title and the caption is this reminds me of the sort of an escape room where the walls are closing in and the anxiety and tensions are rising and that's like so profound right like you know the the stress about future and schooling and picking choices like you know where you're going to go and and you know it speaks to you right it gets right to your heart like kids are are struggling with things and and experiencing all these things and when you ask they you know all the all these ideas come out which is amazing
3: there are too many photos that i consider favorites well this project started five years ago, and uh, Dr. Milne and I, before Caitlin joined us, had put out a couple of publications. We actually made print resources of the pictures that we had made. And um, the first year we did the project, which was painful, to say the least, because of all the ethics stuff that Dr. <laughs> Milne had to go through and all the paperwork and getting approval and everything else. But once we got it started, uh, it was interesting because we'd never done this before, and we had basically just focused on getting to know the kids really, really well, And we had them document what our old school was all about. Uh, That school had been there since the 1940s. Uh, Funny story, my dad went to elementary school at St. Clair, which has been a funny story. Anyway, uh, to make a long story short, they started taking pictures of these things all over the school. And we had this one boy in our class. um, I'll just use his initials MB. And he took this picture at a water fountain and one of his buddies was holding the water on and he took it at just the exact spot where you can see the water kind of coming together at the mm-hmm. top and then the caption he put under it was substantial drip. And I'm like, buddy, that is the greatest thing I have ever <laughs> seen or heard. Cause it wasn't just walking around and taking pictures of things. They had to look at the work they had accomplished and they had to choose things and they had to make a caption, which had to be meaningful. And they just could go waterfalling. I'm like, no, 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 you can do better than that. And they, they, they upped the bar. Like, I was absolutely blown away by the end of this. Another fun activity we got to do. We got to field dress a deer in our back courtyard. Oh, we wow. We had a gentleman from Alberta Fishing Game bring in a deer that had been hit by a car. Oh. And uh, one of our cultural coordinators grabbed me and the kids and a couple of cameras. And we went out into our back alleyway and field dressed it in about an That's hour and a half. That's crazy. It was fantastic. But that's part of what we get to do. Um, My school is a beautiful, beautiful educational institution, and we have the pleasure and honor of incorporating indigenous culture and values into what we do. And that's why I'm still there after 15 years, because I couldn't imagine working anywhere else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The pictures are amazing. Like I'm looking, there's so many to pick from, so it's hard, I, but yeah. <laughs> even <laughs> so this, um, many. like this one that's a skull and it's, uh, the title is artifacts make me curious. And the you know, the caption is, uh, by being at McEwen, I learned more all about what it has. Uh, it's big with lots of different things to do. It makes me feel interested and curious. So that's one, like there's so many to pick from.
1: There's this um, DNA one, so um, the biology lab, like I said, they're so great, and so uh, I think it's Bio 107 lab. Um, It's a touch lab, and so um, like everything in there is just like super tactile and like interactive and fun. And the um, workshop coordinator for that one was Monica Davis, and she helped the kids isolate their own DNA from a cheek swab, and so they did a cheek swab and then were able to isolate their own DNA and make it into a necklace. And so we have one picture of the DNA necklace, and the student uh, titled it literally. JJ literally my DNA I learned how to extract my DNA from my cheeks and so just like experiences that you don't normally get in in junior high it was really fun to to be able to be part of that
2: yeah like even the telescope ones like here's another one the title is the big eye and the caption is "Uh, we could see buildings up close and uh, and planets made me feel interested in space and maybe want to be an astronomer and because we were able to assemble telescopes and go out and use the telescopes um it was amazing um kids saying you know all these different things about, you know, fun learning. There's one that says math is really fun. I didn't think I'd hear. <laughs> Who wrote <laughs> <Sorry>. that? It's <laughs> <laughs> the math teacher sitting here. But, you know, again, that secret learning, right? But that was part of the anthropology one, right, where they mapped out and they they did this really cool dig. And afterwards, they're like, wow, math is so much fun. It's like, wow, you know, like that's crazy hearing kids say those things, right? Like that's that's what this is about, right?
0: Yeah. I think going back to what you were saying about um like asking the kids like what change do they want or like what do they want to see. I think that's super underrated. Like to ask kids what they want and what what they want to learn and you giving these kids these all these opportunities to you know figure out what they want to do or or just um open their eyes to the possibilities of what they could do. Yes. I think that's that's super cool. Yeah.
3: We do what we can. <laughs>
0: Um, when they were at the school for this event, I'm just curious, kind of what, like, did they stand in front of their pictures or was it kind of more of just walking around? (laughs) It was was quite the event. That was the plan. Yeah. It was
3: quite the event. I had no idea how big it was going to be until we actually walked in the doors here and I was absolutely blown away. So we had these pictures blown up into huge cardstock and they were mounted on easels and they were all over two floors, in Grant McEwen. It was absolutely amazing. And um, people who showed up to uh, join us for the event, uh, we had dignitaries here, we had school trustees, we had parents and um, superintendents. School superintendents were here too. And just old friends of ours as well. Uh, Dr. Milne and I know certain people through certain avenues of education, which is hilarious because we both work with them. And um, we didn't know that we knew each other through them. So it was very interesting to see all these people come together and to honour. It wasn't honouring the work that we did. It was honouring the work that the kids did. And the fact that we got to see their beautiful faces beaming, smiling, happy and proud of the work they did. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what it's all about.
1: It was a very open, uh, free-flowing event. And so we had a, um, about 300 people come to that event. And so we had rented out three floors of Building 9. So we had the heart we had the atrium and then we had um, cool theater and so we had all three of those spaces booked and in each space there was different things to do and so on the first floor was our main um, exhibit which was all of the work from this year as well as we had the back classrooms booked in that heart space Um, and so in those back classrooms were many examples of all of the different activities that they had done this year and so um, we had lots of other schools come and participate in that day and so we had about um, 150 students come from different schools and they um, got to come in, and try out mini versions of all of the workshops that we did. Um, and then on the second floor we had all of the pictures from the previous years like Emily said um, because their knowledge dissemination event got cancelled over COVID it was really important that we were able to showcase previous uh, students work and so um, the whole second floor was devoted to previous work that the students had done and then on the third floor we had um, a chemistry demo which was done by uh, Lucio Gelmini He's amazing. a a chemistry professor, but he's all about the big bangs and and um, booms and and the fire and the explosions that can happen in chemistry. And so he puts on a really good show. So he did two shows for us, and and so then we just kind of opened up the doors and we let everybody kind of roam and explore at their own will. And um, we were really fortunate. We had a couple city councilors come as well and, and support the kids and and kind of voice their support for everything. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, the original idea. It's it's great to have like ideas at the beginning to kind of think, okay, this is how it's Gonna go and this is how it's gonna unfold. And then the day of it's just it's never yeah. it never <laughs> happens to what you think it will. But we thought, like we printed out like hundreds of copies of all the photos and we had the cocktail tables placed in between all the exhibit photos because we thought the students in there, they were all wearing traditional um, ribbon shirts and ribbon skirts and things and their families came, I should mention. So families came to support their kids too. Um, And so the vision was, you know, that the kids would stand beside their photos and show everybody as everybody was walking through like an exhibit and they would be able to hand out because we printed out like so many of these smaller versions of all the pictures that they could sign and give out. Like they were, (laughs) you know, these artists because they yeah. are artists you know and this was their learning and they wanted to share that um and so we had markers and we had all these things for them to sign and give out like little postcards kind of size uh on all the tables and then after the ceremony at the beginning that we had all the kids just ran out <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> even kept track of them but yeah yeah they were everywhere they were going and they were playing with the cockroaches like the kids were walking around with cockroaches <laughs> with permission but like they were involved in all the things running around like at one point there was we were upstairs doing something and there was a kid that ran full speed all the way up the stairs and yelled at the top like it wasn't one of our Ben Calf kids it was another kid um and they yelled you know this is the greatest field trip ever Aww. and then like ran to the next thing like they were having so much fun like uh it was really great uh and then the ceremony we had at the beginning so um Stephen was very kind to help us open that and had a, a nice speech he was able to give we did have um an elder help us open the event um and then we also had certificates of participation that were given out um was signed by you know the uh, faculty of arts and science the, the dean's office there. They supported us with that, handed them out and everything. Um, It was uh, Dr. Joanne Meineker who was able to do that for us and and signed all of them and gave everybody a certificate and shook their hand in front of everybody. And everybody was screaming and cheering. Like it was a (laughs) packed room. Um, you know, like we never thought we'd be able to do that again during COVID, right? Like the vision of what we saw, we we didn't think we'd be able to do it. And finally, we were able to accomplish that and to have people come up and celebrate the kids and see them all walk across the stage with the certificate and everybody just cheering and yelling. Like it was so positive. Like it was such a positive feeling being at McEwen, seeing everybody come there to celebrate those kids um, and and for them to feel so proud. Like they were emotional too. I think we were all just having a hard time keeping our emotions in check, right? Seeing them walk across the stage and everyone screaming and cheering for them and and then to see all the kids who came running around and having such a good time with all the activities we had the ice cream we had plants like planting they were doing we had like you know stuff like the the starfish or whatever yeah they were so
1: catching. we had um physical sciences and biology department really like stepped up and helped us with this event. Um, so we had unbelievable support, like unbelievable. And so we, all of the physicists, they got all the telescopes out. So they had the solar scope out and they had um, a bunch of stationary telescopes set up. I don't know what the names of all of them are, <laughs> but they had like these little handheld Galileo scopes that um, people can build and take apart and, and kind of explore with. And, um, and then we had all of the chemists and they were making liquid nitrogen ice cream and and they had um, some flow chemistry reaction board things. And then we had some earth and atmospheric sciences and planetary sciences, I think is the right name. Um, But they had uh, rock samples out and we had microscopes out. And then in biology, they had the cockroaches and the DNA from bananas, I think that time. And then relay education came out again and brought their uh, turbines and solar panels and Um, Lucio did his chemistry demonstration like it was a a total group effort and and we were so appreciative of how like we just kind of walked up to everybody and said what are you doing on this day are you willing to help and and everyone everyone just said yes and so that was really great that was so Mm -hmm. nice but even speaking to that um, the importance of having that opening ceremony there was one student who missed the bus um, to get here. So we were like oh like that's too bad and then they and showed she up. She shows up. They took public transport and yep. managed to get themselves here because they wanted to be here so bad. It's and like so kids. um like like these kids they were invested in the program too and and so without them being interested and invested it wouldn't have been the same.
3: At school on Friday if I had kids that didn't show up they were apologizing that they weren't there for Thursday. <laughs> They were so enthralled,
2: yeah. We had all the junior highs come, right? Like, yep. we tried yeah. to have my vision was to have all the Ben Calf kids coming. Um, but then they was we were sitting gonna... screaming, kindergarten, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> they thought we'd lose all the children, they just no. like to, yeah. which and is a fair assessment a fair. based
1: on what happened. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm pretty we pretty sure I just everyone. about
3: left two of them here. Anyway,
2: <laughs> yeah, like that's
1: true, matches. actually. <laughs>
3: <laughs> One part I wanted to mention about the gala that was absolutely amazing. My favorite part was that bulletin board you put up by the front door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the way out the door, people could grab a sticky note and write what they thought about anything and just put it up on the board. But the kids were going up and actually reading them before they left, and they were mm. smiling and like, "Oh, well, like that somebody thought that was really neat." I'm like, "Yeah." You guys did a good job
1: we had two prompt questions we asked people to write one thought that they were leaving with and then um, if they had a message for any of the students that were involved in the project and so we had two different bulletin boards and so um, those sticky notes still exist and we still have them they're and, framed and Emily's yeah. working on getting them all framed so that we can give them to the school so that um, they can hang them up and kids can read about like what people thought of the event and and their well wishes for the students in the future yeah.
2: The comments are like proud and pride and, uh, you know, all these positive, positive things. And so we've got them framed actually for Stephen's class. And so there's so many. So it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of walls okay. are just taking it's over. okay We just kept showing up with more stuff for Stephen. <laughs> it's like, guess what? You're going to have, a, you know, a gardening center and you're going to have this greenhouse in your problem. classroom, in your math class, and you're going to well, have this and this. That and, was and we just kept showing up. The yeah. coolest yeah. part
3: about this yeah. project. And this is why I come of want to keep it on the down low for other schools, not wanting to get involved because. <laughs> steal our thunder but every project that we did that involved bringing something to the school they left behind so we have two six foot tall greenhouses sitting in our science lab right now they left us all of the uh paints that we use for the cups to do the temperature changing paint or the light changing paint you left us the uv flashlights you guys you left us so much stuff that you know for most schools and that was the other beautiful thing about the project too um it didn't cost my school a penny to take part in it And most field trips, even the bus is $250. So you you spoiled us in ways that our kids have never experienced before, which is why they were so enthralled.
1: That actually raises a really good point. This project was quite expensive, um, and we couldn't have done it without the funding that we got for um, from the research office. And so yeah, that McEwan, is really important yeah. that McEwen did um, fund this project, and and we are really grateful for that funding. Very thankful. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's a good point too, because I think a lot of the opportunities that are offered, like in terms of breaking down barriers, there might be science types of things, or there might be maybe university types of programs or camps or whatever, but they're often come at a very high cost. And so it's maybe kids that can afford those things that can go. Um, in terms of the kids that would benefit for the most from these kinds of opportunities may not be the kids who can afford those things and can go to these fancy camps and go to all these different things and, and see a telescope. Like the comments these kids are making, like I've never seen a telescope before. I've never been able to do this before. And so the fact that we paid for the busing, we made sure that there was no cost to the school it was really important. And I think for continuing an initiative like this, it has to be, you know, again, it can't you can't put up those barriers. Um, and so a lot of work that we do is about, okay, so how do we make sure that this is accessible, um, you know, equitable access? How do we make sure that everybody can come who can benefit? Like, who would benefit the most? And I think that for me, that's the broader idea of this McEwen Children Youth University program, the McEwen CYU, is let's invite people in and who would benefit for the most from these kinds of opportunities. Like, for goodness sake, them seeing a screaming baby mannequin and all the, like one of the photos was like, (laughs) as real as it gets is the (laughs) caption of the screaming mannequin baby because it's like, they've never seen these things before and we were inviting them in and they saw these things and they may not get those opportunities like that's just one example because the mannequins were so cool and they were like programming their, their breathing patterns and whatever in the nursing department and seeing how that the mannequin responded in that way. Like it was really cool. The stuff we got to do and, and you know, who would benefit the most from these opportunities? Like we want to keep these opportunities going at and It should be part of what we do. Let's open our doors. We are a downtown university. Let's open our doors and invite people in and, you know, really extend that invitation for people who would benefit the most. Um, and that's really the, the foundation of this. No barriers, no, you know, fees, who would benefit the most and let's invite them in.
1: And so Emily raises a really good point is there are STEM outreach programs that are free and nonprofit and, and that's all great. But um, we what we found is the busing cost is sometimes something that um, organizations, like I wouldn't have thought of that ahead of time. Um, and so I was just lucky that I worked with people that did think of that. And Um, realize that like if you really want to invite schools in you can invite schools in but they also have tight budgets right like and food all all of their um, extra money is going towards um, food for their students or or extra teachers or EAs and so there might not actually be money for them to get here and so if getting here is the barrier well, we can solve that by paying for the bus to get here. And so even if there are programs that are free and and available for schools to access, um, sometimes we have to think beyond just the cost of the program. We have to think of like how people are getting to that location.
3: The application process. The application process. <laughs> some,
1: some of them have really long application well, the,
3: forms. The U of A, for example, has a student university program too, and we have people that look into it every single year. But you've got to write a four-page essay. And it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get in and then you're on the hook for it for the next and they have to come in and take a look at what you're doing and how you're implementing it into your classroom. Whereas the Dr. Milne, she's like, you got some kids I can do some stuff with? I'm like, (laughs) sure. Come on down. Who would love to
2: come and have a good time? Come on down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's it, right? How do we break down those barriers and invite people in? And what are those barriers and how can we remove them? You know, even being a sociologist, being a chemist, being a faculty member in any area, we got in that area because we loved it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that, go back to that, and invite people to that conversation. Mm -hmm. For goodness sakes, every kid who met Caitlin wants to be a chemist. (laughs) Like, you know, Caitlin's putting this together and this again, and the kids are just forming around her in this, like, cluster of everyone Mm -hmm. wants to see what she's doing. Like, that that happened, and then all the kids want to be chemists. Like, that's crazy, right? That's beautiful and amazing, right? Um, At the June 2nd event, like at um, Lucio's presentation, the kids were like, like, pick me. Like, they were really like... (laughs) Pick, pick. Like they were really upset. Like they, everybody wanted to be part of whatever he was doing. Like, Wish well, it was like that in math class. But, that's just, but it's fun. Like yeah. it was, but they were learning. Like it's mm-hmm. secret learning. It's like fun learning. But then they also got to be here and have a really good time. And they left feeling like, okay, that was a good place to go. I had a really good time. I met some awesome people. Hey, you know, maybe this is a path I can explore. You know, it's an option. It opens up that possibility for them. But planting that seed of of opportunity, but also that learning is fun in terms of the faculty who got involved and hopefully faculty who will continue getting involved every year because we realize we don't really know as many people as that we could tap on the shoulder and we want to invite lots of people from across campus but it's like that actually by inviting people to participate in our activities it was also really good professional development for all the faculty who were involved because it got you to go back to okay how can I convey key concepts in a very simple accessible way why do I love what I do And and what is a key concept around that that anybody could grasp onto? Like, that's amazing. It takes you back to that. And it made everybody, I think, even more excited. Like, I think the faculty who participated had even more fun than the kids. Like, you know, it was awesome to see and everybody was having a good time.
0: Yeah, for sure. You were talking a little bit about... um The different interests when they come to the school and that too, teaching them when you go to university, like it's not just a bunch of subjects that you're learning, like you're coming to learn what you want to learn and what you're passionate about. And that makes learning education way easier. So, yeah, that's very inspiring work you guys do. I'm excited to see
2: next year's project. Yeah, like it was the best day of my week. <laughs> yeah. And I'd come and I'd I'd leave covered in whatever it is yeah. we were doing, like covered in my hair and there's gross yeah. stuff on yeah. my face and we'd all leave but like the best day. Like the best day of there's
1: the week. There's always a lot of laughter and smiling afterwards like Cause some of the things were just so outrageous. We're like, there's no way we could possibly do that. And then we'd ask Stephen, and Steven's like, sure, let's try it. <laughs> and So then uh, it was like just like this, like giddy experimentation process of like, okay, let's see if we can do it. But, um, Emily was saying like, oh, everyone wants to be a chemist, but even I wanted to be a biologist after our biology one. So like yeah. it, people just did such a great job of making it so fun. And like, it's easy to, um, be excited about what it could be. Um, when you get to experience it firsthand. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all had a really good time.
0: Awesome. Well, is there anything else you were wanting to talk about? Anything we missed?
2: I guess one thing I would like to say... is that through this journey of learning with Caitlin, like I have great community partners like Stephen, And again, it's so amazing to work with people like Stephen, be inspired by Stephen, you know, and even the students we're in the classrooms with, like it's such a rewarding thing to work with kids, like, you know, and it's so emotional and positive. Um, But I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's a miracle that I met Caitlin and I've known uh, Stephen for several years and we've been able to work together. But on campus, I I actually don't know what everybody does across campus. I feel like I'm often in this silo of sociology or in my space and I have my head down. I'm so busy. We're doing all this stuff. But like in this journey, we realized, you know, we were able to, we literally invited every person we could possibly think of to this event. We invited every faculty member that we could think of, like who's, who does fun stuff and who's awesome? Like, you know, who are those people? We, we don't really know as many people on campus as we'd like to. And I know people are doing amazing things. Like I used to bring busloads of kids here before COVID where we would just go on adventures. Uh, so that's one way I can have reciprocal relationships with the schools I work with is just bring them here on fun adventures. That's why I knew they had like a screaming mannequin baby in nursing and, <laughs> and why I know about the, the you know, faculty of, of fine arts, how they have like this basement of awesomeness and all yeah. the stuff they have going on because I've gone on tours and was trying to push all the buttons with all the kids, right. And explore these things. But like, it was very clear as we were doing this work together that like we would love to have a better network of what are people doing? So who are the community engaged people? who are doing things with community partners, who are like-minded like Caitlin and I and just want to have the greatest time with and make positive impact in the community. Like who could be on the same page with us with that and, and who could be involved in what we're doing for future iterations of this kind of work. And we didn't really know a lot of people. So Caitlin's department is amazing and everybody showed up with so, so much positivity and excitement to be part of it, which is amazing. But there are others that we don't know that we didn't know to invite. And so we started a community. So direct results of this project last year because we just kept thinking like we don't have those relationships or those connections but we wanted them and that network can really help us you know further this kind of work because there's cool people everywhere we just don't know them there are people doing amazing things all across campus but I don't know about it and I'd love to I want to celebrate other people and we'd love for people to come and celebrate with us on the stuff we're doing too and and so we started directly from this project a community of practice related to community engaged teaching and scholarship and so we have like you know 20 people who are part of that group right now and we're going to be doing these events throughout the year but it's really about let's bring people together just have those connections and those relationships because there's so much happening on campus that's so amazing but I don't know about it and I'd love to I'd love to meet the people doing the great things and across campus and all the different faculties so if any faculty want to join that to help us uh, we may bring it up to you to join our (laughs) initiatives that we're doing and if you have a cool uh, workshop you'd like to do uh, but also So like just to come and share and collaborate to help us enhance all of our work together. Uh, Just to add on to what Emily was saying, but um, if you're
1: not already doing like community engaged stuff, that's okay too. If you just think that you have a cool space that students might enjoy. yeah, um, We'd love to work with you and we're, we're happy to help you design your workshop and, and work with you to like get to some point where you're able to host students in your space. Um, But yeah, we'd love to connect with you. Um, Our, Inter-faculty collaborations from this year were really great, and, and we want to expand upon those. So anyone who's interested or thinks that they have a cool idea that kids might enjoy, we'd love to to connect and
2: help build a workshop that students might be able to attend.
3: And I'll bring the students.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It works. Because there's only so much that Caitlin and I can do. So if this is like, we were so impressed with how many people were excited about, you know, being involved and in doing these things, and you know, again, it was also their best day of the week too. Like everybody was excited when they got to do these things together with the kids, and, and so I think for us to make this, you know, this permanent fixture at McEwen um, that has actually representatives from, uh, you know, all faculties, all departments, everybody does cool stuff. Everybody can convey the awesomeness of their stuff because that's why they do it. Everybody loves what they do. So by just finding a way to share that with, you know, uh, with kids of different ages, like that excitement that you have for why you got into whatever area you have, like how could we turn that into a cool workshop that kids could benefit and they could learn to so that they can have that spark. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I didn't see English this way or I didn't see whatever this way. Like that's awesome. And really highlight what McEwen has to offer um, and open the doors and invite people in to experience that. It was a wild journey, but it was it was really fun.
3: Yeah. Worth every moment.
2: Oh,
0: that's great. You guys all seem very passionate about your work and all bring a little bit different, different perspective. attitude perspective. Yeah. 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 It's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. really appreciate it. Taking the time. Um, yeah, we're excited to see your project next year.
1: Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Thanks. For yeah. Having we're us.
0: so excited. Thank so thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that's all we have for today's episode of Research Recasted. If you want to support this podcast, you can visit Research Recasted on your favorite podcast platform to find new episodes every two weeks. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Research Recasted, where you can leave us a like, give us a follow or send us a message if you have any follow up questions from today's episode. This has been Research Recasted, a knowledge mobilization podcast brought to you by the Office of Research Services and the Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications at McCune University. Funding for the podcast is partially provided by the Government of Canada through the Research Support Fund. Research Recasted is hosted and produced by Brooklyn Legiton and Natalie Smattis. Music, sound design and editing is by Natalie Smattis. Research, copy editing and scripting is by Brooklyn Legiton. And our executive producer is Hugh McKenzie.